truth is not what you want it to be. It is what it is. And you must bend to its power or live a lie. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. I know respect for the rights and property of others. I've always shown you a soldier, not only to defend, but able and willing both to defend and protect. Will strangers hear our names long after we're gone and wonder who we were, how bravely we fought, how fiercely we loved. To win any battle, you must fight as if you were already dead. You know what's there? Waiting! Immortality! Take it! It's yours! Alexander Hamilton said a nation which can prefer disgrace to danger is prepared for a master and deserves one. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Hey guys, this is another episode of Where Liberty Dwells with your host, Pack and Patriots. Uh, today we have a special guest on. He's calling out from the great state of Colorado, so this will be a phone interview. Um, please excuse if um, there might be one or two little spots of a little bit of technical difficulty. Uh, again, we're working through those. The edit is as clean as I can possibly get it, and there really aren't that many of them. Maybe like one or two seconds throughout the whole thing. Um, but this guy is just its phenomenal. I'm excited to have him on as a guest. Um, as I said, he's from the great state of Colorado. His name's uh, Always American, and... Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, so uh, we're going to get to it. I got him on the phone right now, and, um, you know, as always, send me comments and questions after the podcast, and we'll be looking forward to it. All right, here we go. Hey, man, how's it going? How are you doing out there? Hey, this is uh, always American, always, period, American, underscore. How's it going, Hacking? Uh, it's going pretty good, man. Listen, if you could just give the listeners some you know, background on you uh, as far as, you know, what you, what you want to accomplish with your Instagram page and just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your views regarding, you know, big government and just, you know, just what's going on, if you don't mind. Uh, background, well, I mean, as you know, in a business sense, uh, you were very generous. You gifted me an account, so I'm starting off kind of small here, you know, keeping a low profile, very personal right now. I'm not much for shout-outs or promotions, so very much like this opportunity. The um, political views I could really capitalize on were when you said big government, first thing that came to mind was pretty much as tiny as it could get. Uh, I despise pretty much anything that has to do with the government getting out of hand, government overreach, any infringement, you know, especially when it comes to the Second Amendment. Uh, I guess you could say constitutional, it's just as it's written and how it used to be. All right. Well, listen. Let me ask you this: What do you? What is your opinion on all this shelter-in-place stuff, and you know all these orders? Because uh, you're from a you're from a Western state too. Uh, g- give me your opinion on that, and you know what your opinion is on all of that stuff happening out there. Colorado, yep. And um, I'll tell you this much: I mean, it just—it's the biggest example of infringement on so many amendments that we've seen in a long time. I mean, I, I argue back into, uh, back to the 80s with the assault weapons ban. I mean, the thing is, is uh, when, I, when they first started putting shelter in place in California, New York City, I thought there's no way that this is going to happen here in Colorado. I mean, we have a uh, less 
governor, but I just thought he couldn't be that bad. And the way that I look at it is this. I mean, if you don't want to go to work because you don't want to get sick, if you don't want to leave the house because you don't want to get sick, that is your choice as an American. If, you know, you want to put your own job on the line, that's fine. When the government uh, causes thousands upon thousands of people to lose their jobs and throw us into looking like another recession, that's where you should draw the line. I mean, you should have the right to work if you choose, and businesses should have the right to stay open. It's their own reputation on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's your own physical health on the line if you decide to leave the house for recreational purposes. <laughs> Listen, uh, there was a story about a dad and his daughter that came out of Colorado. Um, uh, you want to tell us uh, anything about that? There was in um, in Aurora, which is considered, which I would consider, and many others like me, the you know the most the left the most leftist city in our state, except maybe Boulder. But um, Aurora and its mayor, especially, it's always been on some sketchy, questionable policies, and, uh, you know, the police department over there is very, is very you know, it's, it's, it, it gets hazy, and so it wasn't a surprise to me when it happened, and the mayor apologized, which surprised me, but um, it actually reminds me of when Denver County put a shelter in place, because uh, what the story was was um, Jared Polis, our governor, saw people playing volleyball in a park, specifically playing volleyball. And he said, you can't have that, this is unbelievable. And that's when the shelter place came in Denver County, and a week later, statewide. Daggone, that is just, that's ridiculous. It's just, it's ridiculous. Well, listen, let me ask you this. With all these amendments being, being violated, and I know that I've said this on this podcast before, um, we're going toward a uh, probability, uh, especially more than a uh, possibility, of a revolution. It is now a probability. What uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I know a lot of memers refer to it as a boogaloo type of scenario. Just you know, can, can you tell us, you know, what your thoughts on that, especially being out in Colorado, the different terrain and the different, you know, just atmosphere out there. Well, I mean, the way that I'm looking at it is, is the, what I think is that the government is really just kind of pushing their limits. You know, governors pushing their limits, saying, how far can we really go before we get a reaction out of these people? You know what? I'm kind of disappointed in a way that there hasn't been a reaction. Yeah. Because people are saying, you know, they're, they're just, they're believing everything they're, they're being told. And... And more, you know, it's different, you know, like with the, with the stimulus tax, they're saying it, it's different because it's a health crisis. Uh, you know, I, where in the Constitution does it say unless, you know, when it comes to the, you know, especially the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the First Amendment, where does it say unless or under special circumstances? It doesn't. So, you know, I, I would hope for some kind of reaction some kind of, you know, putting our foot down saying this isn't okay. They're saying, uh, I've heard quite a few lawyers talking about taking this to court, press, you know, suing for uh, the infringements that are being brought upon us. I fully support that, but I'm, you know, sitting here wondering, is that going to be enough, you know, when it really, I mean, in Colorado, they banned magazines of over 15 rounds. 
Obama's last year in office, and um, it's been in court. Uh, it's been being challenged since then. You know, it's so. I mean, is that if that's the peak of our abilities? It's kind of upsetting. I'm really, you know, it's really disappointing to see. Not more people getting more upset about this. Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's interesting. Well, listen, I've uh, I've talked to a couple of people on the show. Uh, one I had on last week, and another one I'm having on next week about you know the different type of scenarios that you know Boogaloo could spark. You know, more of like a gradual type of decline into it or shot heard around the world. Do you think? that one is going to be over another and just, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm, I'm curious to hear them. Oh, definitely a gradual thing. And here's why. I mean, people like me, there's always something holding everyone back, you know, whether it's, it's your family or your friends or you just really don't want to face the consequences. You know, people like me, as angry as we are, don't want to just dive right into it. You know? They don't want to just go and start popping off shots and, instead of uh, raising signs. So I think it's definitely going to be a gradual thing. Things are going to escalate once more people see and realize that there's more people like them, then it'll definitely pick up more steam. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's definitely some interesting stuff. And, I, you know, what? I, I, I do agree with you a lot on that. Um, what about this, though? I mean, we've always heard that there's that line in the sand type of scenario, that line that once crossed, you can never go back. Where where do you think that is for the American people, or do you even think there is one? Well, you know, uh, I was hoping, I was saying, I, I predicted it was going to be sooner than the point that we're at. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I was saying, if, if this happens where we are now, as I think people in rural Colorado, people in Denver, they, you know, they're going to let this slide because Denver and Boulder pretty much elected our governor, you know, quote unquote Denver Boulder. We all know it's Californians. But I was like, rural Americans are not going to be okay with this if this happens and there's going to be a reaction. So we're kind of past that. I mean, the only big tipping point that I could see is a federal lockdown uh, nationwide. I think that that would raise more attention. But I mean, at this point, I think just time is the biggest thing. The longer that they keep extending this. However, I do think that it's starting to calm down, slow down my... And the reason I know this is a, a little bit of uh, insider knowledge. Why I was supposed to leave for the Army on March 30th. It was postponed to July 20th. However, I found out uh, yesterday morning that it is actually being pushed back up to April 20th. And that's not set in stone, but you, I, you know, I looked at that and I kind of wondered, I was like, you know, based on this, things are probably going to be calming down here pretty soon if the military is getting more back on track. Man, that's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, listen, I want to thank you from me and from our, all our listeners on your future service uh, to this country. Um, it's, it's very greatly appreciated. Now, but you know, now that you brought up the military, what, what do you think that a, re- a rebellion or revolution would look like, especially with our military's claim to be a, uh, you know, world superpower in the world, which I think, you know, is definitely you know, possible, but what would, what would you think a, uh, a boogaloo type of scenario would look like with the, with our military involved in it? 
say i do agree with most of it and it's really interesting or i find it very interesting that you brought up the propaganda aspect of it because i don't think a lot of people really think about that i mean most of the people with political accounts such as mine and yours on instagram you know don't really realize that that is a form of propaganda instagram is a form of propaganda and especially with the whole boogaloo or rebellion that propaganda would be insanely insanely valuable I mean, it's it's just it's very hard to put into words how valuable it is, and that's something that, you know, for lack of a better term, I've just not really mentioned due to myself not even really thinking about it. And like I said, I'm really glad you brought that up because it's given me an insight to be able to think more into myself about all this stuff that's going on and about all this stuff that's happening. Well, one question I have for you is... How would we be able to really utilize the propaganda to give ourselves an advantage? Like with the whole Boogaloo type of scenario, what are your thoughts on, you know, our side using propaganda effectively and how to do so? Well, I think, you know, it just comes down to remembering and reminding and questioning. So you, you, you remind people and you help them remember how the country used to be. You take statistics both from the economy to crime rates and all of that, and you go back to the past. And you say, this is what it used to be before the government got so big. So you remind them and you help them remember. And, you know, you use short uh, witty sayings and slogans and funny pictures to not make it seem so serious. People don't have to 
read a three-page article, and they can just treat something like that if it compels them, helps them, it makes them do more research, which is the reason that I, um, I, you know, I use my hashtags, but I hashtag a lot of stuff that leftists would hashtag so that they can see this. It's just short, it's straight to the point, helps them see the point that I'm trying to make, and of course, if people question it or debate it, I'm more than willing to talk about it in the comments or the direct messages, because like I said, my account's very small, so I have lots of time for any response or questions that uh, my followers or people strolling through have. So, um, I mean, with, uh, with memes, I think it is a valuable asset to us, especially for younger people who are just starting to get a feel of politics. And it appeals to the older crowd too. Most of my followers are older, and uh, I think it appeals to them because it, it's something they've been thinking their whole lives, and they see someone that agrees with them, puts something that they're thinking, puts it into words. And so with the uh, with the with the revolution or you know the boogaloo, I think it's um, it's important to remind people that there are others like them, which is one of the reasons that I am on Instagram so much. Even though I have a small follower base, I like being around people that think like me, being reminded that I'm not alone in this. So I think it gives hope. I think it value, uh, information is valuable, and I think that if more people are just reminded and of what it used to be like and how things can still change and it's not the end you know it's not the end for the american patriot right and there could be some serious changes man you hit the hammer on the head you know it really seems to me that the media or you know really the mass media has pushed this idea and pushed this ideology of that the american patriot is dead it's obsolete it's gone when you know what in fact if we really look at it it's the opposite i mean it's it's here i mean americans just embroider the entire persona of the american patriot something that's you know stamped in the minds of you know school kids in history books and just stuff that you know the legends have been made of and i think that you know the other thing the media isn't taking into account when they're trying to push this notion and idea that the American Patriot's obsolete is the American Patriot really doesn't show himself until it's just has gone way too far. That's become you know to the point to where he has to show himself, and I think that they're pushing and they're shoving, and they don't understand that you know sooner or later when they cross that line in the sand, which you know is still kind of up in the air as far as what it really is, but when they cross it, we're gonna know that you know they're gonna awaken something that they don't want to awaken. They're gonna awaken a masculine type of patriot who will fight and die willingly for that freedom. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you thinking that, well, you know, we're past that point, and uh, right, the way that I look at it is people are really going to start to feel it once they, you know, they should have felt it, especially during the assault of this ban, but people are really going to feel, feel it once they go for a federal ban on guns, period, like Canada did, because... You see, you see it with um, the USSR, Nazi Germany, Venezuela. The first thing they came after was their guns before they started enacting some stuff that was really going to turn them upside down. But I think the difference between us and them is that we have went through a revolution. We're a young country. It's still relative, uh, uh, 
relatively fresh in our mind the consequences of something like that. And I think we're much more likely to fight back and give some serious pushback than countries that weren't, you know, weren't vigilant and didn't, they were blindsided. You know, it's incredible. It's just, it's honestly, it's really incredible. Um, that we've that we've let it get this far. I mean, anybody that has follows my account knows I'm from the South, and anybody that's bothered to read the bio on my account knows I'm from Georgia. And um, my family, you know, has been in the South uh, literally since they landed uh, from Scotland and Ireland, everything. But uh, you know, they fought for the Confederacy, and regardless what people you know assume about the reasons why the war was fought, political or not. It really comes down to, when you boil down to it, the South for their nation against a tyrannical invading force that was the federal government. And, um, you know, it just, it, it just, it really makes you think that, uh, you know, men fighting against tyranny has been around. Even if they lose, which the South ultimately did, you know, has still been around. And with the American Patriots and the Revolutionary War, you know, they were fighting, again, liberty against tyranny. You know, I mean, even if we go into World War II, it was the same thing. It's liberty versus tyranny. Even though that we were also fighting against invaders to our shores, it was still the fact it was liberty versus tyranny. And I think that's what a lot of people discount and don't think about, is regardless of if we're in hundred hug or not, you know, regardless if we lose or not, the entire spirit of a free man is to fight against that which is that which enslaves them, and that's what you know America's done through the ages. You know, the American Revolutionary War, you know, the War of Northern Aggression, and World War II. I mean, it's, it really is, it boils down to it, and even now we're starting to see that really leak into where it's liberty versus tyranny, and there's no there's no middle ground, and there's no in-between. Yeah. Something that, uh, when you were talking about World War II, it, uh, it brought something to mind, and that's Italy, and how Italy was kind of went through their little revolution, you know, a little bit prior to World War II, and how communism flew through, flew through Italy, and if you look at it today, it's, it's upsetting that they... They, they let that stick with them. And even though the Allies won, Italy didn't seem, Italy and countries like them, they didn't seem to really learn their lesson. I mean, they have uh, a healthcare system similar to what Bernie Sanders was pitching before he dropped out. Great news, by the way, I love reading that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and when people are criticizing Trump during the coronavirus, but I mean, you look at countries like Italy who stopped treating old people, and they pretty much just said, "Well, too bad, you know, they're they're helpless anyways, and their the death rate just skyrocketed." You know, we all know when we look at that, we read that. It's not like they were saying, you know, there's no. They they weren't saying there's no point. What they're really saying is, we can't. You know, that there's no way to do this. Right. And so it's, it's just like, like why, why, why did free thinking become such a crime in colleges and in the media? Why can't people look at that and see so plainly for themselves the consequences that policies like that have on the nation? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a Rush Limbaugh here and uh, you know try to answer that. And yeah, you know, I <laughs> I really think you know just dive into it. And I really think the answer to that is because. They don't want 
they don't want free thinkers because free thinkers or educated people are a threat to the powerful. It's um it's on it's how it's always been, which is why you see the first first thing governments do is you know they try to create a utopia type thing with giving them absolute power, and you know we see this time and time again throughout history, and specifically with colleges, you know if you can indoctrinate the young, then you know you you will be able to enslave their minds because they will not be able to really think they won't be able to think logically and think freely and you know here's the here's the other thing and this is the part that's scary is our government has this down to a t under reagan they created the uh national education uh association the n e a and you know they started introducing these indoctrination tactics and you know ideology type of um vacuum to where there's nothing being taught and you know they really did that and they've really sucked the life and sucked the minds out of free thinkers they've even implemented this in preschool in uh, elementary school middle school and high school and then you get to college and instead of it being you know something great Tori you really get to learn all the stuff that you want to that you didn't get to learn in high school or elementary school or middle school you know to where you can learn philosophies and ideas and ideologies and discuss stuff without worrying about offending anybody. It's become the opposite of that. It's they're taking ideologies and shoving it down your throat. They're taking the ideologies of dictatorship, of communism, of socialism, of totalitarianism. I messed that up. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're, they're taking all these ideas and... Instead of letting people expand and really, you know, soak into what the world has seen and what history has recorded, they're taking these certain group of ideologies that they want and they're shoving them down their throats. And, you know, it's, it's going to get to the point where, you know, people are going to say enough is enough. And the thing is with free thinkers, you can't do that because the American patriot, which we've talked about, is a free thinker. And there's still enough people out there to where the American patriot is not dead. And so, you know, every once in a while, like me and you, they're trying to shove all this garbage down our throats, and we're sitting there, we're like, we're not even opening our mouths, we're not going to take it. You know, it's just, it's something that once you push it too far and really get us going, then we're going to make you eat every single thing you try to shove down our throats, and then on top of that, we're not going to stop until you're gone. All your ideas are just vanquished, they're vanished. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's fact. Yeah, I just got I just remembered something else. Um, do you remember when Georgia banned abortion? Yeah, I do. It uh, it got held up because um, they challenged it in courts. But yeah, yeah, I remember. Right. Right. Um, well, uh, my sister goes to school in Georgia, and when this had happened, she uh, she's a chief editor for the school's paper. There, and someone wanted to run the story about uh what happened and what was wrong and, and why it was wrong i mean and um my sister said no she vetoed it and she said this is a school paper it's about supposed to be about the school and we're not we're not bringing politics into it period and so she didn't let them run the story because it had nothing to do with the school or any any of the academics or school curriculum or anything like that. Yeah. And she got so demonized and harassed and picked on and, like you said, targeted, marked. Right. You know, she became 
the public enemy because she didn't want to run the story that had nothing to do with her school or any sporting events, anything. They just not nothing to do with their curriculum that they had focused on for two years. Right. And I just couldn't believe it. She called me. You know, she she's not a very political person. Uh, she you know she doesn't get involved with anything like that. She told me she was like. You had been telling me this for so long, and I had just experienced it, and it is terrible. Yeah. And I said, I know. I'm so sorry this happened. It made me sick. It made me want to fly down to Georgia and go, you know, command some justice for my <laughs> sister. I, I was so disgusted by how they had treated her for not wanting to run this, this biased story on something that had nothing to do with the, with the college. Man, that's rough. You know, but, you know, th- this brings me to another point, and I know we've gone back and forth, um, with, uh, especially me with a lot of people on this, but there's no such thing as unbiased news anymore. It's either slanted right or slanted left. You know, both sides, I mean, it's still, it's unbiased. There's no such thing as like a factual news site or factual news reporters anymore. It's, it's slanted with opinions. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and uh, I've, I've talked with some of my conservative friends, and we'll, you know, we'll be talking about the news and such. And sometimes they'll send me articles from Fox News, you know, very, you know, right-leaning news network, and they'll say, "Oh, look at this! Isn't this great?" And, I, and I'll tell them, I'd be like, I, "I read up on this, and you know, it's not much better than CNN." You know, I mean, even though it appeals to our, more our side of the spectrum, it's still, it's the same thing, you know, it's, it's, it's the same, you know, it's the same game, different teams. Right. And so anything on TV, you know, media conglomerates, they're, they're still going to be so much gray area on either side. Right. You know, we're not, we're, we're not blameless either. Exactly, you know, and I'm I'm concerned because I don't think that our differences and what's been going on are going to be resolved peacefully. Um, I I regret having to say that, but and I regret having to believe that. But looking through history, I think I'm right. We're not going to be able to resolve this divide that the media and the government have done. We're not going to be able to resolve the government without bloodshed at this point. Of course, you know, right now it's not the time. I read a quote the other day that said, you know what, it's too late to vote the people out, but it's too early to start shooting the bastards. And as crass as that is, you know, it's 100% accurate. We're in some kind of scary limbo right now to where we're seeing right before our eyes our rights getting ripped one after another away from us. But it's just, it's too early to do anything about it that's going to actually do anything about it. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking about something the other day, and I, I was like, if someone was going to pop off, and someone wanted to get this thing rolling, and it was in the works, and, and someone acted on that, I can only imagine the kind of life that you that someone would live after that. I mean, I can ima- I can picture the headlines now: hard right extremist, you know, acts violent does this and that, and just, I can only imagine how someone would be branded after that. I mean, you know, aside from the life in prison or, you know, dying, (laughs) it would be, what kind of legacy would you leave behind, even if you know it's right? It's it's scary. You know, it's it's scary for anyone to think about, especially being the one to get it started. You know, we can, 
talk all we want, but I think the biggest thing that comes down to it is it would take a lot for someone to be able to actually act on that and sacrifice themselves like that. You know, I I agree 100%. Um, I know I keep going back to this in these podcasts, uh, but real quick side note, my family is all Scottish and Irish and some English. And, um, you know, they, they've been with this country, you know, since it was founded. One of my uh, ancestors' signatures is on the Declaration of Independence. Um, other other ancestors fought with Washington. Other ancestors fought with the Swamp Fox, uh, with General Green in the South. You know, I mean, it's just my, my entire family seeped in history. You know, we go further back, and it's, it's really, it's not even American history. It's just, it, it's freedom history. I've had ancestors that have fought with the, the British crown against France. You know, I've had ancestors fought with William Wallace and Robert the Bruce in Scotland. You know, I've um, I've just I've had just a lot of ancestors just love the idea of liberty. As far as I know, my ancestors weren't involved in what effects I'm talking about, but with the Irish Republican Army, they, you know, regardless of the tactics, I'm not getting into those, but they've been labeled terrorists. And the information we have now, it's very clear to see that, you know, while their tactics might be questionable, they're absolute defense of freedom and wanting to free themselves, you know, has not anything to do with terrorist activities. They, um, you know, whatever the cost, they're the ones that have decided to pay the price. And you know what? You're right. Somebody is eventually, and you know, but getting back to our IRA for a second, the, you know, they were labeled as traitors, but you know, you're right. Somebody's going to have to bite the bullet because you know, somebody's going to have to get the ball rolling, start, you know, be willing to sacrifice possibly their legacy of getting labeled a terrorist to get the ball rolling. Because, you know, once the ball gets rolling, it's going to keep going and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But you're going to have to have that first person sacrifice it, you know, like the people the IRA have done, which they've almost got all of Ireland free. They've got six counties left uh, before they have a united free Ireland out from the British crown. And here you're going to have to have somebody bite that bullet risk going down in history like the IRA is going down in history as a terrorist group, even though they're really not, all for the sake of freedom and all for the sake of liberty. And it's just, it's really concerning to talk about, but that's in reality what it is. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think it's impossible at all or, you know, far from reach. But, the, I mean, you know, you see... Um see cops or you see people in the military, there's always the underlying worry, especially today, that is, what if I make a mistake, you know? What if I accident, you know, what if I quote unquote, like accidentally, when you feel threatened, shoot someone who's unarmed, specifically in the 21st century, shoot a black person who's unarmed, when you didn't know that it could, you know, it was a mistake or they simply didn't follow protocol or you're a soldier and you accidentally shoot a civilian because you thought they were a threat, they didn't listen to you, there's a language barrier. Everyone, there, there are people that take that risk and, it, and certainly almost everyone knows that when they sign up for a job like that. So I don't think that it's impossible you know, I, I think that there's not people, there's people who still aren't scared of being demonized, mislabeled, you know, put into a category that could turn into their legacy. So, right. 
like you said, I think it's gonna it's gonna have to be the right time. To be honest, if someone had acted on it as soon as there started to be a shelter in place, I think if someone had a, like in a direct immediate response to that took action, I think that the shelter in places they would they could have slowed down. Other governors might have not acted on them. Uh, I think you know, in, for instance, in Colorado, if someone did that now like a few weeks after the fact, it would be, it, 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 I don't think it'd have the same result. Right. I think if people could see it as a direct correlation, impossible to ignore or be labeled with something else, uh, things would be a lot different. Right. Yeah, man. Listen, I just looked at the time. I hate to end this, but I've been trying to keep these podcasts between, you know, 30 and 40 minutes. Uh, but I'd love to have you back on before you ship out uh, for basic training. I assume you're going to probably Fort Benning uh, down here in Georgia. Yeah, man, you're gonna you're gonna have fun in this summer heat down here. Let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah, the mosquitoes scare me more than anything. Well, Georgia's definitely got their fair share of hosts too. But listen, man, I want to thank you for being on the podcast and um, you know for just sharing your thoughts with me. I want to thank you again uh, for your future service and um, you know just want to ask you: Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave our uh, leave our listeners tonight? Uh, final thoughts, I mean, don't be afraid to be a free thinker. Do your own research, um, and you're not alone. That is probably the most important thing, is that you're not alone. Amen. And I would very much like to thank you for having me on here. I'm very excited for your podcast to be picking up steam. I'm optimistic for the future. Oh. And me too. I'm definitely encouraged by the enthusiastic response that this podcast is getting. And like I said, I want to thank you so much for coming on and spending your time talking with us. Um, I want to, you know, thank you again for your service. I'd like to be the first to be able to thank you on a podcast. Uh, you know, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll get really tired of hearing us someday. Well, I'm going to give you the same response that I've given some other people so far, which is you don't have to take me for following my dream, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. And I, yeah, again, I want to, you know, thank you for having me here in the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, listen. Thank you again for being on. Um, I just, for me, uh, well, you know what? I, I would really love to have you back on in a couple of weeks. Um, for me, though, I'm going to leave the listeners uh, with what I usually leave them with, and that's the last line of the Declaration of Independence. You know, we mutually pledge each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. They did not take that oath lightly. Uh, none of us should either. Uh, for freedom and for liberty, we should be willing to go above and beyond. The call of duty and you know our personal principles and morals to ensure that we have liberty for future generations um again i'd like to thank always american for being on the podcast great great podcast uh, i encourage every single one of you to check him out on instagram uh his handle is at always american and you know what we're gonna have him back next week but until then we'll see you later this has been another podcast of where liberty dwells thanks guys